I encourage you to read the talks once again and to ponder the messages contained therein. I found in my own life I gain even more from these inspired sermons when I study them in greater depth. The basic pattern is to identify the fundamental doctrine or principle that's being taught. Find any invitations associated with and related to that doctrine or principle. And then also recognizing the promised blessings if we act in accordance with that invitation. Welcome to Words of the Prophets podcast. My name is Todd. I'm here with my daughter, Aaliyah, and my friends, Steve and Jamie. And this is a podcast where we discuss the latest talks from the General Conference of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We gave poor Rivka a day off. Uh, She was getting tired of doing all the heavy lifting, so we uh, let her (laughs) recover her spiritual strength. So, Aaliyah, how are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing great. So, uh, have you been working on any invitation to act? Yes. So uh, President Nelson asked us to clear away the debris in our lives. And so um, I've been thinking about what that means for me. And I decided that I'm going to start reading. There's a, I think it's probably in the Gospel Library app, but there's a part um, somewhere. There's something. I don't know what it's called. <laughs> but it talks about uh, I can media. tell you put a lot of thought into <laughs> it this. Do- <laughs> it talks about media use for the missionaries specifically. But, oh, yeah. Um, it works for other people. And I was saying I'm planning to be a missionary soon. So uh, I'm going to start reading that and applying it. Okay. How soon? As soon as I can find it. <laughs> <laughs> How soon are you going to be a missionary? Uh, three or four months from now. <laughs> yeah. So your papers are in and we're just waiting to hear where your call is. So mm-hmm. hopefully in um, maybe three or four more episodes, we'll have uh, some rejoicing to do together. Indeed. So, uh, welcome, Steve and Jamie. Welcome back to Thank the you. podcast. Thank you. I'm so glad that you're here today. Um, so, Steve, are you working on any invitations to act or any other gospel things that you've been working on? Yeah, I have. I, of course, I've got a lot, th- a lot that I need to work on. Uh, one thing in particular uh, from one of the previous talks you guys have done here on, on the podcast is The Poor Little Ones oh. from Elder Jorge T. Becerra. Oh, I should have called you to get the pronunciation for the first place. Uh, Steve has worked in South America for many, many years and served a mission in Mexico. And I, so, yeah, I, yeah I, this this talk was fantastic. And uh, Elder uh, Becerra has ties to Mexico, which which place which I love and is near and dear to my heart. But uh, one thing that I've been working on uh, when it when it comes to this the teachings from this talk is just uplifting others around me. Um, and my current, I'm currently serving in a, in a stake presidency and I give lots of temple recommend interviews. And recently when I've been interviewing me- members of my stake, um, even in the past couple of weeks, there have been several members that are just very, very downtrodden, um, very kind of spiritually and even emotionally drained. And, um, I have you know, uh, approach these, these recommends with uh, ways that I can help and uplift people that may be uh, poor in spirit currently. And I've had some amazing experiences, uh, even in the last few weeks of ways that I've have felt the spirit telling me that ways that I can help them. And it's been um, wonderful to be a part of that. So what do you do when you have a, an appointment that's scheduled for maybe 15 minutes, or I don't know how long you guys schedule them for, but 15 or 20 minutes, and you come upon someone who needs some help or needs to be uplifted. I mean, how do you approach that? Yeah. So how do you deal with the time? Yeah. The time box? Yeah, exactly. Um, you know, I know some of my my fellow uh, stake presidency members 
um, are they know that sometimes I completely ignore that, and especially <laughs> our stake executive secretary. Uh, but they're but he's fantastic, and I will often, um, if I can tell that a member needs more time, I will I'll send a text message to yeah. our stake executive secretary, and he, and he always saves me. Okay, you know, he'll, he'll pull me out, and he'll find a way to reschedule as needed. Got it. Got it. So you either don't try and solve it in 15 minutes or you reschedule another yes. appointment. So I come from the medical field and I always hear people complain simultaneously that they, they don't get enough time with their doctor and their doctor's always late. It's like, if you want time with your doctor, it's <laughs> going to be late. So you got to choose one or the other, but it's the same thing in church. You, yeah. If you really want to give someone the time that, that they deserve, you gotta, you gotta have the time. So, well, Jamie, um, Whatever invitation to act you're working on, as soon as you complete it, you'll be translated. We know because <laughs> it's the last thing, the you last are, thing until you're you you're reach perfection. Funny. So, what what have you been working on lately? So, every morning when I teach seminary, we mm. end with you know something that they need to work on, a challenge for them to to do better. Um, along with the promises that come with that, right? And um, this last week, we were talking about, um, you know, when they had called the church historian and how we are supposed to keep um, our lives recorded. Oh, How we're supposed to have a personal history and a family history and things like that. And that is a huge challenge for me because I don't think there's anything about me that's worth recording. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm not this like fascinating person sure. and, and I don't do all of these different things. But the one thing I've been trying to do is write down more spiritual experiences. That's awesome. Um, other things, you know, that have happened um, like every six months, I can do that with general conference. Yeah. Or, but, but I'm trying to like daily think about spiritual experiences. So that's what I'm trying to work on right now. That's a really good one. I remember in the Book of Mormon last year, we had a two or three lessons in a row where that came up about record keeping. And uh, Rivka will appreciate this. I'm not sure she actually listens to the final product here, but um, I felt prompted a couple of times to record more spiritual experiences. And I, I never did it. <laughs> so, so you're reminding me, Jamie, thank you. That, uh, that's a prompting I've had that I need to follow through with and figure out, do I just, do I keep a journal, um, or, or some other methods? So I appreciate that. And hopefully that goes well for you. You are fascinating by the way. Oh, what yeah. are you even talking about? She's um, totally fascinating. <laughs> <laughs> even, especially in terms of posterity, like when we look back at the pioneers, stuff to them that was normal or boring or they're right in line and went out to the field today. Totally fascinating now because it's so different that, you know, the past is a foreign country. So um, yeah, even if it doesn't feel fascinating now, it will be in the future. I think just writing about your kids would be fascinating. You have some fascinating children. So um, as do we all. So uh, I have been working on the invitation to read all of Teaching in the Savior's Way, given by, um, I think it was Jan Jensen, the second counselor in the Sunday School Presidency. The book is really good, um, and I recommend everybody read it. It's really awesome, and I wish I had read it a long time ago. I think I would have been a better teacher this whole time from it. So if you teach in a calling especially, I think it's a great thing, but of course we all teach at some point in our lives. So 
Well, um, hopefully everybody listening is also working on a personal invitation to act and experiencing some of the promised blessings. I think maybe, Aaliyah, in the future, when we talk about invitations to act, we should ask what kind of blessings we're receiving from those invitations. So um, let's note that for next time. Um, So today we're going to talk about the talk, The Personal Journey of a Child of God by Elder, Elder Neil L. Anderson of the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles. And today we're going to start with Jamie. So Jamie uh, looks like I caught her in the middle of texting, uh, (laughs) ordering something on Eat Street. I don't know what she's doing (laughs) (laughs) on Amazon, maybe. We've already lost Jamie. (laughs) She's gone. I'm here. I'm here. The podcast is so gripping that the people recording it can't pay attention. (laughs) I was putting your book in my Amazon cart. Okay. That's okay. It's on your gospel library. It's okay. It is. Uh, Oh, good. So, Jamie, um, can you tell me what was your big takeaway from this this talk? So this this was a hard one for me. Um, I I my my big thing I think was that um, life is precious. That um, we are all. Um, spirits that live with our father in heaven and we're all meant to come here and that um, that that is just like the meat of we're here we're here to live the gospel but um, all babies all spirits need a body to come here yeah and and they're all wanted they're all needed Um, you know yeah, so that's that's kind of where I was, where they were yeah. talking about a child because it deals with, you know, abortion, it deals with adoption, it deals with, you know, taking care of your own children and welcoming children into your own family. So I kind of just, for me, it was just basically all children need to and want to come to earth. Sure. So you said it was hard. What made it hard? Is it just that that's such a like fundamental doctrine um that it you didn't sort of learn anything you know new or startling or or what or maybe it was something else so what made it hard what does that mean um for me it was just um the abortion part of it because like you said it's just for me it's just common sense kind of thing right and so i think that that's what made it hard so when i like read this i was like okay, what can I take away from it? Because usually like you hear abortion and it's like, boom, like that kind of overtakes everything. Right. So I was kind of more or less pulling other things out of it so that 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 wasn't just the main point. Got it. And uh, he did start by talking about people who had passed away. So the Mm -hmm. theme that life is precious, you know, he led in with how precious life is here on earth. Mm -hmm. Um, So let me ask you this way then. so you're a convert to the church. Yes. Um, how did it change your understanding of the purpose of life to know when you learned uh, to, to learn about the doctrine of a pre-mortal life, that there are spirits waiting to come here? Most Christians don't believe that or know anything about it or, or you know, it's not part of their doctrine. Mm-hmm. I, I'm kind of assuming it wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. So tell me how that changed your thoughts about the gospel. Honestly, it was mind blowing to me. 
because um, I grew up just thinking, I mean, I didn't really feel like I had a purpose. I mean, when you feel like you don't have a purpose being here um, or that you're just going to die, there's really no goal. Yeah. You really have no, like, why learn everything you can? Why be the best person that you can? Things like that. Right. And um, I I was definitely a confused person. And when I heard about a pre-mortal existence, I, it just like blew me away. Yeah. That it just totally made sense to me. um, And it made me feel like, It made me feel like um, that I then had a purpose, but that eternal life made sense too. Right. Because why would we just start here and keep going, but not start right beforehand yeah. as a spirit? This didn't make sense as the beginning. No, no, not at all to me. Not at all to me. So it's not exaggerating to say that that was a life-changing doctrine for Big you. time. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And bring it back to his point about abortion. He's, you know, he talks about some people argue, does the spirit enter the body at conception or when the heart beats? Or so I read um, ultrasounds for for OB ultrasound, and I see these little eight week fetuses or embryos that are so tiny that we could barely even see them with the naked eye, and we see their little heart beating. It's just incredible to me every time. And he says that in essence, that doesn't matter because we know that there's, whether the spirit has entered the body or not, there's a spirit waiting to enter the body. And, and so that argument is not even, you know, it doesn't have any purpose. So, right. Okay. Well, Steve, what was your big takeaway from this? You know, I think I had two main takeaways. I think the first one, uh, Jamie articulated very well that this life is part of the plan and allowing spirits to come to this to this life, to this earth, to receive a body is a necessary and important part of the plan. It's just a really great reminder. Um, that was my first takeaway. My second takeaway was just the sanctity and the the beauty of these spirits that come. And as parents, and we're parents of four kids, mm-hmm. which I'm sure we'll probably talk about at some point in the podcast here. Yeah. Um, but just as parents, sort of the responsibility that that we have to help uh, nurture these these precious spirits that, you know, have been entrusted to us. Awesome. Um, any specific quotes from the talk that really stuck out to you as you pondered those two principles? Um, well, the second one, at the very end, uh, when Elder Anderson says, may we welcome them, safeguard them, and always love them. Uh, you, you know, so that the idea of safeguarding our children and always showing love for them uh, to me is, is a really great reminder. As a parent, do you, um, is it easy to always feel that you want to show love to them? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I, I'm a, I'm a big hearted guy. I mean, Jamie would, would, you know, (laughs) we, I just went through the experience of dropping our oldest off at college and, you know, I'm still crying all the time, (laughs) how (laughs) how much I miss him and how much I love him. Um, but I think what you're getting at is, you know, being a parent can also be very difficult and yeah. can be can be frustrating at times. Uh, so absolutely, there are lessons learned as a parent that you can only learn as a parent. Yes, <laughs> yes. And so that that has been that's a reminder as well from this talk. 
it's almost like because it's so easy to love them, it's also so easy to get upset when they right when things aren't going the way you want them to go. Um, so, so I have my firstborn sitting here with me. <laughs> um, so, fun fact: I actually got to deliver her. So I worked with a um, a great um, doctor who knew I was going to med school, hadn't gone to med school yet. And he's like, Hey, you know, how involved do you want to be? I was like, I want to do everything, <laughs> like all of it, as long as we're safe, you know, we'll do everything. And so, um, so he's like, great, we'll have you up there. We'll have you do the delivery. I'll instruct you the whole way. We'll make sure everything's safe. And, um, Aaliyah, uh, she was little, she's very small. She was five pounds, what? 11 ounces at birth, so. something like that. And, um, so she started crowning and he's giving me all these instructions on, you know, what you do, whatever. But she was so little that when Deanna started really pushing, Aaliyah just like, she, she took one arm, <laughs> stuck it right past her head like she was superwoman and just shot out and the doc screamed, forget all that, just catch her. <laughs> and so I and caught. what he did. <laughs> <laughs> So I caught her and um, that was one of the most uh, joyful moments of my life to uh, to bring Aaliyah into this world in that way. Um, and then I, I didn't necessarily get the same privilege with the other kids for a variety of medical reasons. But uh, yeah, that was something I will always remember and take with me. And it was really easy to love her that that instant, that moment. I loved her right from that moment. And uh, but that also then there were times where it was frustrating, too, you know, when I for example, wanted her to learn math in eighth grade, and <laughs> they tr they tried to teach her some crazy math that, that to me looked made up, and I was like, I don't know how to do that. It's just math. Just do it. <laughs> so, Aaliyah. <laughs> it's like the scene in Incredibles where he's he's I think he's talking to Dash or whatever. He's like, yeah. Math is math. <laughs> just do it. And I'm like, No, you don't understand. <laughs> uh, I totally feel that way. I was going somewhere, but I can't remember where I was going. So, Aaliyah, what was your big takeaway? <laughs> from this talk um mine one of them is the life is precious kind of thing which i think has been you know pretty well talked about thus far uh and one of them there's a sentence in here where he says you are the mothers of the sons and daughters of god whose lives are sacred safeguarding them is a divinely given responsibility which cannot be lightly brushed aside so i'm not a mother yet um, but I think it's, it's interesting how, how strong this wording is. It's a divinely given responsibility and it cannot be brushed aside. It's not something to do with lightly. And, uh, the people that you bring into this world as a mother and as a father too, um, are, they're sacred. Those lives are sacred. And so, and, and <clears throat> that also can kind of go in the reverse way and say, our lives are sacred. Like, uh, we are these sons and daughters that he's talking about in that. Yeah. Awesome. So how does that, I think that was a quote from president Hinckley, by the way, um, oh, he was yeah. quoting president Hinckley, um, who was the, uh, the prophet, uh, the, of the formative years of three of the four of us at this table <laughs> and Aaliyah. So how does that impact your future decision to have kids? So in the world where we live in the United States, having children is, for the most part, um, viewed as something good, but it's like one, maybe two mm -hmm. after you, um, have finished all your schooling and have your house. Um, I have a friend at work. He's my same age and he has, I think three kids, like six and under. 
And he's, he's always complaining, like, I'm so tired and it's so hard. I'm like, look, you should have done the Mormon plan. You know, I had him 20 <laughs> years ago when you were young. But um, so, yeah, how does, how does that knowledge of the sacredness of life and our divine responsibility to bring kids into the world, how does that impact your future plans? Um, to me, it just essentially <clears throat> guarantees that I will have kids at some point. Like, it's not even like a real decision. Yeah. The decision is how many and when, I guess. But it's it's essentially, in my mind, pretty solidified that I will have kids. And yeah. if something medical comes up and there's some reason I can't have my own, then I can adopt or something. Yeah. And and I, th- I think he addresses that in this talk, too. Uh, he said it was concerning that the numbers of uh, of births are going down. Yeah. And I think that's pretty consistent, probably all over the world. Um, and, but it's, that's not how it necessarily should be because the command or uh, commandment given to Adam and Eve in the garden to multiply and replenish the earth is still in effect today. Like it says on the family proclamation. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for sharing that. And he emphasizes later that it's, you know, sort of an individual choice, mm-hmm. but um, it is, but bringing kids into the world is a, a divine responsibility and a gift. And, um, you know, these, these lives are sacred and precious. So, Jamie, how has that impacted your time as a mother, um, this, this knowledge of the divine, you know, gift of motherhood? Well, it wasn't a very good question. So just talk about motherhood. I'm trying to. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, motherhood is awesome, but it's very hard. Yeah. It, it's very difficult. And I think um, for me, it just goes kind of back to leaning on the Savior, um, knowing that I'm doing the right thing. Um, I, I used to be this very type A person that had to like have everything clean and organized and then I'd freak out. If, you like, used to be? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Just wait. I did after the fourth child become a little more laid back about I'm just it. Teasing you. Just teasing you. <laughs> become a little bit more laid back about it because I realized that I wanted to spend more time with my children yeah. than, than trying to, um, you know, trying to just constantly keep the home clean. And I also wanted to, to teach them, you know, gospel principles. Yeah. I mean, like it's, it's a divine responsibility, motherhood. Um, it's my responsibility to teach them why they're here, you know? Yeah. Their purpose, why they came, where they came from, things like that. Yeah. So I don't know if that answered your question, but no, I, I just appreciated hearing your thoughts. I think even when in a worldly situation where people are happy for, you know, others who are having children, I feel like just generally in our culture, there's still the underlying feeling that that's sort of, um, that your worth is still to society at large is still more determined by your income or your production mm-hmm. or whatever the case may be, which of course motherhood offers neither of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think it's just so hard to get out of that cultural mindset and elevate the work of motherhood to something that is divine and of more worth than any of those things. Mm-hmm. I think the same could be said for Steve and I, um, and, and, and Jamie, you also work now as well, but, um, I, I think I remind myself of that all the time. It's easy to get caught up in work and feel like that's my purpose, you know, 
fold it into my role as a father, but to remember that actually fatherhood is more important than work. And yes, I need to provide for my family, but it's also so much more than that and not to let work, you know, get in the way of that. So Mm -hmm. Steve, have you experienced that at all? Well, of course. I mean, I think every, every, uh, father, you know, wants to be a good provider and you can get caught up in, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder. Um, but as we, you know, we've been reminded at church, you know, that, uh, no success in the world can compensate for failure in the home. Yeah. Right. So that's what happens within the four walls of your home is really the most important thing that as fathers we can do. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he goes and tells a story about adoption here. I think Jamie had an announcement. Is that? <laughs> Please no. <laughs> No? Okay. We well, just we just got a dog. <laughs> she was telling me earlier she had something to tell you. I don't know. So maybe we would talk about it off uh, off air here. So. You know, this, this, we are recording this on Mother's Day weekend. <laughs> That's so right. maybe I should just say that. <laughs> um, well, so let's talk about some of the promises that he gives here and the invitations to act that lead to those promises. Uh, so, Aaliyah, what, what invitations to act did you find? Um, before we get into the invitations. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> we're, we're, we're already at 25 minutes. I know, so I know, I'm, I know. I'll make it quick. So, uh, at the beginning, he was talking about people who have recently passed away. Um, and this is kind of going along with the sanctity of life kind of idea. And he uh, referenced a scripture that says, thou shalt live together in love in so much that thou shalt weep for the loss of them that die. And I thought that was interesting that, um, living with someone in love means that you'll weep for them when they die. Like if you basically, if you aren't sad about someone passing, then you, your relationship with them probably wasn't good. Right. Like, <laughs> I mean, Ooh, that's, that's obvious, that's a little but, harsh. but it, it things should be sad because that means they were good when they happened. Yeah. And, uh, I don't know. I just thought that was interesting. Yeah. So I've, uh, a couple things to say about that. I love that scripture. Mm-hmm. Um, so when he says thou shalt, what do we think of? What is thou shalt usually associated with? The commandments. It's a commandment, right? Yeah. So he's commanding you to weep when someone dies, I mm-hmm. think. Um, also, I, I think, you know, I'm in the medical field. I think the situation where you aren't sad is where you have somebody who's older with, you know, severe chronic health and to them passing on is a, is a blessing or a mercy. Mm-hmm. You, you still often are sad, but oftentimes you've grieved for years before that because that person hasn't been with you mm-hmm. in, in a lot of ways. Um, that happened with my grandma. She had Alzheimer's. By the end, she didn't even remember her own daughter, uh, you know, my mother. And that was really hard. So there was grieving for years of, yeah. about the loss of that person. Um, and then isn't there, uh, isn't there, I don't want to, this might make it sound a little flippant, but there was a quote from WandaVision Mm. Where they're talking about what does he say? What does vision say? Uh, grief is what is grief love, but love persisting? Love, yes, something yeah. like that. What is grief but love persisting or enduring? Or yeah, something like I can't that? remember the exact yeah. wording, but uh, but I, you know, it's just a TV show, but I thought it was a beautiful sentiment that mm-hmm. matches up with this. Also, I use that scripture in funerals all the time, so that's uh, one that I love to throw in there. I'd never heard the one later from President Nelson. Yeah. Our tears of sorrow turn to tears of anticipation. So. Yeah. I like that a lot because anticipation is one of, it depends on, it's depending on what you're anticipating, I guess. Yeah. But if you're anticipating something good, it's one of the best feelings of just being excited about something that's coming. Yes. And so yes. how can you turn like sorrow into 
something so good and, and joyful and, you know, anticipation is a good feeling, you know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I love that. Turn, turn that frown upside down. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. So now let's talk about invitations and promises. So, um, Aaliyah, you said your piece. So, <laughs> Jamie and Steve, did you have any invitations here that stuck out to you as you read through? He, he had a lot of them, I felt. I, I liked, oh, we're going to invitations. I, I, liked, <laughs> no, okay. I liked a promise. I, okay, I, go for it. Yeah, promises is fine. Well, just one thing. That's um, right. Nobody listens to me anywhere. <laughs> that's, that's okay. You know, this is just like the rest of my life, Jamie. <laughs> a little further up and I this is um after the story of I think like the 84 four year old uh-huh. 86 year old sister who was going through a baptismal um interview and she had said that she had had an abortion 46 years ago and it had just weighed on her and weighed on her and weighed on her and actually this is not what this is not where that is <laughs> but anyway I loved how at the end she felt that she was forgiven and she found that peace that she used the repentance process because she went through that interview. Um, But further down, um, when they're talking about people who are wanting to have children and it doesn't happen, um, and he's talking about righteous desires that haven't come yet. And it says, there can be happiness in the journey of mortality, even when all of our righteous hopes are not realized. And I think that that's a big one because sometimes we have these righteous desires in our life. And right here, they're talking about desiring children. Um, But I think it's important for us to realize in life in general that we can still have happiness even um, even if those righteous hopes are don't come, don't come. Um, they're not realized yet. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like you said. Um, but that really stuck out to me that things might not go as we plan or as we're expecting and they might be a righteous desire, but it are, that might not be the plan for us. Yeah. So. We might have infuriating unfairness um, <laughs> yes. that happens and we might have to wait. I'm going to read that whole promise. So we're searching all the time for these promises and invitations. Sometimes you have to sort of infer them. I love when the apostles just, just say it flat out. And mm-hmm. he says, as the Lord's servant, I promise you that as you are faithful to Jesus Christ and your covenants, you will receive compensating blessings in this life and your righteous desires in the eternal timeline of the Lord. There can be happiness in the journey of mortality, even when all of our righteous hopes are not realized. What a beautiful, powerful promise. Um, and it goes along with that last talk by Elder Renlund that you know, the, the Lord will make up for our losses. Uh, Steve, any invitations or promises or just really anything else you want yeah, to say? Okay. Because, what? You know. <laughs> All right. Let me sum it up. Yeah. I mean, I think um, invitation and a promise here. So uh, in the very uh, final paragraph of the talk, um, I love how he says, may we always remember that each spirit child of God is coming to earth on his or her own personal journey. And that is an awesome reminder for parents that every child is different. And if there's something that I've learned as a parent, every child is different. They come wired. All of them have different personalities, have different uh, strengths and weaknesses. And as parents, we need to remember that they are on their own journey. They're on their own personal journey. Um, And as much as we want to mold them 
into what we want them to be. Yeah. And we need to uh, teach them what they need to need to become. That's still, me to repentance, that's, that's yeah. still <laughs> Bishop Everett. That's still something we all need to do. But I, I love how he says that as you receive these precious children in the savior's name and help them in their eternal journey, I promise you that the Lord will bless you and shower his love and approval upon you. And I have always felt that as I have tried to righteously help my children. Uh, I have always felt Heavenly Father's loving hand reminding me that that he that he loves me, that he appreciates me, and that he is supporting me as as a parent, as an earthly parent, uh, together with a heavenly parent. So the this is a wonderful reminder for parents everywhere that everybody's different. Each kid is different and to never give up on them. Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Steve. So we're, we're about done. Aaliyah, I know that you had the uh, promise and invitation highlighted as well. Wanted to ask you specifically, have you ever seen a promise that said the Lord would shower his approval on you? We hear about love all the time. That just mm-hmm. really struck me like, wow, what, what, what do you make of that? What does that mean? I don't know. I think to me, when I hear like Lord's approval, I, I think a lot of uh, leaders have asked people like, ask the Lord um, where you are, where you stand with him and, and such. Yeah. And that is kind of what that reminds me of. Like, I guess it just uh, increases our standing with the Lord. Yeah. I think of that other quote, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Um, mm-hmm. It's just such an interesting promise. I haven't, I haven't heard yeah, it phrased cool. that way before. So course we all want the lord to shower love and approval on us so right well that was an amazing talk to remind us of the preciousness of life and our different roles varying roles whatever role we're in um in this life that we can um safeguard the sanctity of life in so many different ways um so um appreciate you jamie and steve for being here today Aaliyah, can you tell people how to get a hold of us? Yes, we have Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram, and our usernames are Words of the Prophets Podcast, or you can email us at Words of the Prophets Podcast at gmail.com. Okay, thank you, Aaliyah. So next time we're going to discuss the talk, Ye Shall Be Free, by Elder Thierry K. Mutombo of the 70. So thanks for joining us today, and until next time, keep the faith. If we teach by the Spirit, and you listen by the Spirit, Some one of us will touch on your circumstance, sending a personal prophetic epistle just to you.